lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand as we head into a Memorial Day weekend. We are the Steve Day Show. That is yours truly alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, Jill Savage, Blaze TV contributor will be joining us here momentarily for the Dace Group. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show, as well as on Getter. And then look for clips of the show free of censorship and free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. It is, of course, Friday, so typical end of the week agenda. Next hour, it'll be your turn on a Feedback Friday. We will respond to your responses to us. But first, we begin, as we always do, with the Day Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. Welcome to the view, y'all. The abortion rights battle is starting to blur the lines between church and state. The Archbishop of San Francisco is calling for Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be denied receiving communion because of her pro-choice stance. This is not your job, dude. (laughs) That is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision. This is not just about terminating a pregnancy. So these same people are against contraception, family planning, in vitro fertilization. It's, it's It's a blanket thing, and they use abortion as the front man for it so i I respect people's views about uh about that but i don't respect us foisting it onto others now our archbishop has has been vehemently against lgbtq rights too in fact he led the way in some of the initiatives on an initiative on the ballot in california so this decision taking us to privacy and precedent is very dangerous in the lives of so many of the American people. And again, not consistent with the Gospel of Matthew. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. So today was full of little happy gender euphoria moments. I got called Mr. Micah a lot today. Well, completely femme. And that was really heartwarming that the kids just got it. But my favorite reaction, and it sums me up so well, I feel like, is uh, I was in a new classroom and I took off my mask to blow my nose and I just hear a kid loudly whisper, oh, she's a boy. And I was like, yeah, you got it, kid. You totally got it. Basically, I'm raising money to help fund my son's transition-related costs. I'm sharing this with his permission Um, Basically, we already have a diagnosis of gender dysphoria for him. Um, We have gotten his blood work done and we need to start him on puberty blockers as soon as possible. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us. 
so I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We, I'm sorry, you can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. It's correlation without causation. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. If you take away nothing else from what I say today, I appeal to you, please remember this. It is our collective responsibility not to shrug our shoulders and sink to a tacit acceptance of the normalization of untruths. Because if we do, lies become dominant and reality is distorted. And then truth means nothing, integrity means nothing, and facts means nothing. Anybody have a spare water tower? Um, I, uh, I'm filled with so much hate right now. I, 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 in, in my anger, I really want to sin right now and get the entire blaze platform demonetized and deal with it later after watching that. I just, uh, I'm disgusted watching that. So let, let's, let's get a feminine touch. Jill, you get to begin. I don't know. Uh, that I, I, really I, I don't even have a question. Just talk, say whatever you want. Yeah. I, I would look at this and there are so many different ways to start with that. Uh, the groomer father, if you want to talk about like nature versus nurture, I think when you look and say, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, but clearly when you have two trans people within the same household, you can see where that's coming from. But the worst of the week has to be with Anthony Fauci at the very end, talking about, truth versus lies and, and where you're going to find them. That is that is unbelievable to see what we have gone through the last two years, to see that he is still not the person that that has been questioned, that it, the, the fact that he still can go out there and make these claims in public and nobody has, you know, he hasn't been deplatformed like everybody else that was talking about the virus early on, which we now know were all very truthful sayings. Anthony Fauci can still go out there in this country and he is not shamed off the stage every time that he shows up somewhere is beyond belief. He's a master of science. Jill, master of science. So how dare you argue with the science. Todd, be careful. Uh, the uh, Archbishop of San Francisco's actions uh, notwithstanding, the worst of the week is the Catholic bishops of America because the chickens have come home to roost, which is why you we got to this point and why somebody like uh, Whoopi Goldberg with such brazen confidence, can say something like she said. Yeah, everybody was cracking back on her on Twitter. That's exactly their job. 
that's exactly right. It is exactly their job. But hey, who the hell knows? Catholics or otherwise. Actually, I got to take Whoopi's back on this one because they haven't been doing their damn job for a long, long time. How long have I been saying the excommunication should continue until morale improves? You have, you've been terrible, shepherds. Dreadful. And you've let Nancy Pelosi be a far greater spiritual guide to the flock than you have. That is a something that needs to take you to the confessional. Hmm. Aaron. You talked about being afraid of getting the entire Blaze platform demonetized. I, I bring you glad tidings of great news, and this is my worst of the week, actually, of the worst of the worst, and it's not even in the montage. We already got I demonetized. Up, yeah, well, I opened up uh, Facebook, which is rare for me these days. Uh, I, I hate Facebook with the burning passion of a thousand suns. I basically uh, post milestones of my personal life and, and things like that on there. Uh, I open up Facebook and in my notifications, if you can see that, because uh, I'm on the conservative review admin side, there are no less than 20 notifications that a post was reviewed by indif- independent fact checkers. It says, you shared information, independent fact checkers uh, reviewed the information and said it was false. The post is no longer available. Let's see what the fact check is. It's something about this WHO vote on ceding sovereignty or something like that. I have no idea what they were even fact-checking because they won't tell me because they said the post is no longer available. So I don't know. Maybe we're already completely demonetized. No less than 20 notifications on Facebook. I I hate Facebook and YouTube and the fact that too many of you require me to deal with them to, uh, to get my content. And I wish you all would stop so I could stop dealing with them. But I can't because too many of you still use them to get my content, which I hate. That's it. Okay. Exit question. On a scale of one to 10, with one being the odds any of us will ever get monkeypox, 10 being the odds that Lindsey Graham is at great risk of catching monkeypox. Rate this week's level of total depravity. Jill. 10. 10. Todd. 10. Even if this were actually a one, it's a 10 because the scale is more truth than what we just saw. Preach. Before we get to issue two, if you are thinking of getting involved with a new business loan, home loan, a refi, um, I know the term, hey, wait a couple weeks has kind of disappointed us recently, but you might want to wait a couple weeks just to find out what our friends at ScoreMaster can do. Why? Because the average ScoreMaster user can raise their score about 60 points and just about Three weeks because they take your credit information. Used to be they wouldn't give you your score. They wouldn't let you see it yourself. Now they at least do that. But will they let you see why exactly you have the score you have? And then will they take it a step further and show you exactly how to get to the score that you want? Because that's what ScoreMaster does. We used this service last fall to get us ready to get an obscenely low interest rate for our refi. So we've seen how it works. And now you can too. It takes just minutes to enroll for free initially just to see how many plus points you could be eligible for. And then you decide from there if you want to move forward and sign up when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Once more, that is scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get to issue two. Maybe Trump will be challenged after all. 
The 2022 midterms have yet to pass, but naturally eyes are already looking ahead to the 2024 presidential election. On the GOP side, what was once thought of as inevitable that Donald Trump would run de facto unopposed seems to be getting rethought. For quite a while, it's been a terribly kept secret that former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo would like to run in 2024. Maryland puke Governor Larry Hogan has also been rumored and has not ruled out the possibility of running as well. Senator Ted Cruz obviously would like to run, but in recent weeks, another name has emerged, Mike Pence. Pence has not shied away from the speaking circuit since his time as vice president. This week, during an interview with the New York Times, Pence didn't rule out the possibility of running in 24. Pence has also backed a few Republican incumbents going up against Trump-endorsed primary challengers. Of course, this is to say nothing about the gorilla in the room, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who topped a poll of Wisconsin delegates at the Wisconsin State GOP convention earlier last week and has been seen widely as the biggest threat to Trump. First question, Todd, I'll start with you. What do you think right now, and it's still you know a ways away, but if the 2022 midterms go the way that I believe they're going to go, where I think the Republicans eclipsing the 54 net gain seats that they got in the 94 contract with America wave, which is the biggest GOP congressional wave since Reconstruction. I think eclipsing that in the House is on the table. On the table. I do think that. Um, If it goes anything close to that, the 2024 presidential primary is going to begin like the very next, like 10 minutes after that those races are called, right? So it's not that far off, really, right? So what's more likely to be the outcome? That Trump basically runs unopposed, except for like a Larry Hogan type, or that he faces multiple challengers? What do you think is more likely? Uh, unopposed. The smart thing to do would be to have uh, multiple challengers and not to test him or anything like that. It had nothing to do with that. But it, all these candidates should say we're, we're we're getting in on day one and we're all uh, doing it together and simply try to suck the oxygen. If they're, if they're serious about we need to move on from Donald Trump, that would actually be uh, a smart play. But the Republicans, like, smart? No, that's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not trusting in hope uh, with this party. So it's, it, it is likely. It, plus, the, the level of fortitude that it's going to take for all these people that didn't really stand up to him when they were in his cabinet, even though if they did a decent job, but I, I, just, I, I just do not see them running against him. All right, Aaron, what do you think? I actually think at this point now, three months ago, I would have had pretty much the same answer as Todd. I actually think it's more likely right now. Now, of these two options. More likely there's multiple challengers? More more likely that there are multiple challengers. I think Mike Pompeo really sees himself. By the way, he's lost a ton of weight. Have Mm -hmm. you seen any recent photos of him? Yeah, he has. Um, He's really trimming down. Anyway, uh, Mike Pompeo wants to run. That's no secret, or if it is, it's the worst kept secret. Larry Hogan is the token puke who's going to run. If it's not going to be him, it's, you know, it was going to be some John Kasich type. So those are two. Um, I think the wild cards would be uh, if one of the senators uh, get in, 
that's probably most likely to be Ted Cruz. Uh, but I think I think the most likely at this point, um, I think if one of those one of those names that we mentioned, excluding Hogan, jumps in, I think there will be three or four more that jump in. Agree completely. Um, yeah. Ted Cruz, uh, 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 Ron DeSantis, uh, maybe Rand Paul, probably not. But I, I think if one of those excluding Hogan jumps in, then there's going to be a, a few more. What do you think, Jill? I'm with Aaron. I would have said a few months ago that I would have thought Trump would have been unopposed. But, you know, the establishment is going to go out there and run their candidates. They probably won't get as much traction, but they'll be well funded enough to stick around. And it depends on what kind of Donald Trump we see. Do we see personal revenge Trump? Because nobody is going to like that. If we see, you know, Trump going all scorched earth and and having the people's interest in mind, then maybe it changes it back to to just a Donald Trump-centric run. But if we set aside policy, just like they did in the primaries on Tuesday, uh, if you see who presidents that the Republicans like to vote for and run and, and do really well, it's Republican governors from red states, right? It's, it's not a Ted Cruz. You look at Ron DeSantis. He is both younger, more attractive, has better messaging, has the record to back it up, right? I, I think that with that door opening with a Ron DeSantis and others, more people will be willing to join into the fight. I think, I think ironically enough, Mike Pence might be the might be the fulcrum of all of this, the tipping point of all of this. That I I think he's bound and determined to run. I think that there's no self-awareness there whatsoever. There's He has nothing else to do, no other future politically. So I, I, I think he's bound and determined to run. And if he does, I absolutely, and this, I don't have any inside word. Let me say that, okay? Um, so I'm not betraying any confidences. I don't have any inside word. Uh, I, I Obviously, I have, I have a friend or two down there in that operation in Florida, the audience, and you guys know that. But one of the things I do to not put them or me in a difficult situation when I know I have to give analysis all the time is to ask for any inside baseball word that might, um, you know, impose on that relationship and put them in a difficult spot because it's pretty clear where I got my information. Right. So with that disclaimer, there's there's I have no inside baseball here on purpose. I've avoided it. I'm just analyzing the situation with a lot of experience in presidential politics. I think if Pence runs 100 percent, Ron DeSantis runs. And here's why. Because that that's his path to winning the nomination, I feel. He just runs up the middle. I mean, this is this is Trump trying to basically um I, I think get based on what we've seen from Trump at his rallies, Jill, it's personal vengeance, Trump. It's they robbed it from me, they stole it from me, Trump. Uh Pence will be the ire, the object of that ire. And by the way, Mike Pence is deserving of all of it and more. Okay. So I'm here for the show. I'm totally here for it and rooting it on actually. Um, but think of what, what was done to Jeb Bush, but with spite in mind. It was done to Jeb Bush. And I was just told this from Trump and his people directly. They just thought he was too big of a puss to win. That's, that's originally why they got in the race. They just thought Jeb Bush was too big of a wimp to, to beat Hillary. And so they were kind of trying to take him down, but it wasn't personal. This with Pence, personal. 
And that battle will wage for a while. And if I'm Ron DeSantis, I'm just over here having my conversation with the American people. And you can call Mike Pence's wife fat and sick the National Enquirer on her. And, and, and if Pence runs, then I think DeSantis runs. I think Cruz runs. I think Rand Paul may run. I think Pence opens the floodgates here. I think if it's, I think Pompeo will run regardless. If he, if I don't think that he opens the floodgates, he still might, he still might, because it still gives you a triangulation where you avoid the one-on-one JV insult battle with Trump that most of these guys don't want to have to deal with, right? But if Pence is in the race, then you know that Trump has a whipping boy, and I think everybody then, Trump, Mike Pence in the old days of hockey. Here's how they used to fight, all right? It used to be that the, there was, in the old original six days of hockey, there was just a fine for being the second man in, and it was a big fine. You couldn't be the second guy in. That, that's how they tried to be the deterrent for fighting, is a huge fine in who the second guy in is. And so when one of the benches wanted to fight, what they would do is take the backup goalie who wasn't playing, so they didn't care if he got ejected with a game misconduct, They'd throw him over the ble- they'd throw him over the boards and onto the ice, so he would be the second guy in, <laughs> All right? And then the team would just get together and pony up the money in the kangaroo court in the in the clubhouse to split his fine. Okay, Pence is the backup goalie. If Pence goes, but, but but Pence has to go in on his own. If Pence goes up, comes over the boards and onto the ice, the whole damn benchers are clearing. If that happens, I believe. Anybody have any thoughts on that? I think it's a much different conversation when it's just, let's just pretend it's Trump versus DeSantis and, you know, Pompeo or, or Hogan over there. Trump versus DeSantis, that gets sticky. It's uh, knives in the back. It's a whole nother thing, though, when you have uh, a second person who you endorsed, essentially. Because from the Trump dynamic, he can just say, ah, Ron DeSantis isn't this, isn't that. When you have two people in, you're going to be forced to attack two different people who, one, was on your ticket and served as your vice president at your behest, and two, another person who had, who uh, who governs the state that you've lived in for the last four years and who you endorsed as well and probably vaulted to power in Florida. That makes it a much more difficult, I think, environment for Donald Trump, and I think that's why, I think that's why it's, uh, it's very likely then uh, that... Uh, you know, I can't really think of another necessarily ally of Trump that would um, that would jump in. But I, I do agree with that, that that it makes it a lot more likely that DeSantis specifically jumps in. This just reminds me of 2016, though, where it was Trump <sighs> against 16 people. And all of us, I remember we all saw lanes everywhere where it made sense that one of these guys could nobody could do it. And I, I honestly think it would be better off for DeSantis just to be one-on-one against Trump. It gives, it raises his stature. He, him getting lost in all of this, I think it has a chance of uh, lowering his stature by being in the riddle uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum debates on there. What do you think, Jill? I think eventually we get to a Trump DeSantis, but I think that it will start out with a crowded field, like Todd's saying, back in 2020, uh, 2016. Uh, it, it's just going to be one of those things where, where Donald Trump it, when you see him on Twitter, right, we knew that he was his own worst enemy. And can he keep himself in line, in check, not go after everybody else? We know the answer is no. So that is going to be harmful for Trump. And if the establishment thinks that they can harm Trump by throwing more people in, by all means, they will fund them. What's the scenario 
or is there one, do you guys think? If our feelings have changed, or at least for a few of us, because I agree with Jill and Aaron. I would have said a few months ago, Larry Hogan type, you know, Jeff Flake, you know, wannabe, and, but it, it's, it's a you know, tomato can for Trump. I actually do believe it is more likely now, and I might have a different answer in a month or two, I don't know, but right now I do believe uh, that there's, it's more likely there will be multiple challengers to Trump than none. Um, but then let's look at the question the other way in the few minutes we have left. What would cause, other than health, do we have anything else that would cause Trump to change his mind about running? Other than health? Yeah. What do you think it is? It wasn't just like out of nowhere last year, or excuse me, last time when he ran, he he thought about running uh, previous times. In 2012, yeah. I think he he can be pretty uh, fickle. I think it could be any... A number of things. You mentioned uh, what you've heard in the past about what his family may or may not be thinking. I don't think it's a fait accompli. And as I said, I don't know, a month or two ago, I think it's it's becoming less likely uh, that he runs. So let me phrase the question to you then to you differently. What do you think now is more likely? Trump does not run or Trump faces multiple challengers. Which do you think is more likely? That he doesn't run. Okay. Same thing to you and to you, to you too. Jill, what say you? What do you think? I'm with Todd. I think that if he's facing multiple challengers, that he just says, you know what? I've done a good enough job. I'm just not going to do it again. So you actually think the field could scare him off, actually? Yeah. That's what I, I, I think that when, when you look at it, Trump, if he can't go in and dominate, and there are so many more negatives against Trump now, right? Like the fact that he's bringing uh, Mike Johnson on stage of Johnson and Johnson fame, and he's endorsing Mehmet Oz, and you go over and over and over again, and we all go, wait a minute, how is how is this the same guy that we saw in office, right? It's so many different mistakes that we are seeing from Trump now that you know, I think that so many people could get to him and say, hey, like, it's just not there for you anymore. What do you think, Karen? So I am very narrowly on the side of of uh, Todd and Jill. And I think um, uh, I, I think that could change a little bit more heavily. And, and to answer your question as well, is there anything non-health related uh, but daddy and possibly Melania? I think Jared and Ivanka and maybe Melania will be like, uh, but Daddy, uh, but Donald, uh, we don't want to do this anymore, right? And he might just he might just take a trip up north sometime in the winter and be like, nah, not for me anymore, bro. I think I'll enjoy my time in in Mar-a-Lago and enjoy retiring. I I think he is so mercur- mercurial, as Todd says, that mm-hmm. that's as big of a possibility as anything. Could Jab Health have a have a see? Play I thought a role about that too. His jab health? No, collective oh, jab oh, health. Well, yeah. That for sure, that's what I was going to say. But he, the, it, we keep learning more and more data about. Well, we didn't. We've mm-hmm. known and mm-hmm. we wrote a, written about it. But it, it, the public at large is learning way more about this. The problem. I mean, worried about pilots. That's coming out more and more. How did? Yeah. How does he square that circle? Absolutely, you're right. All right. Let's get to the exit question. If the odds that Trump will be the 2024 GOP nominee, if they were a Bon Jovi song. Now, Jill, Bon Jovi is, never mind, never mind. <laughs> I know Bon Jovi. I know Bon Jovi's greatest hit. Okay, all right. Which Bon Jovi song, therefore, would it be? A, Wanted, Dead or Alive, as in, they're coming for him. 
Okay, he's 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 going to be challenged. B, living on a prayer, uh, which is he's you know still strong but not quite as strong as he used to be. Or C, I'll be there for you, which is no one can pry this from him. The 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 relationship between him and a, a plurality of the GOP base is just too tight. Which do you think it is, Todd? It's living on a prayer. So he's strong, he's strong, but he has shown some vulnerabilities. Yes. Okay. What do you think, Jill? A, wanted dead or alive. You think that people are, the ambitions are, are going to take over. Is that what you're saying? I, the thing with Cruz I find interesting is um, his campaign, his chief campaign uh, flack from 2016, Jeff Rowe, his company put out a newsletter that was emailed to all other people last week talking about how Jeff Rowe may flip and go work for Donald Trump. I thought that was freaking good. I was like, okay. Wonder where they got that scoop, guys. Um, uh, What do you think, Aaron? Which do you think it is? I'm living on a prayer. So nobody thinks that the loyalty of the plurality of the base is undying to the point of invulnerability any longer. Nobody, none of the three of you think that's true. No. Okay. All right, when we come back, a provocative statement we've been making lately, but is it true? We will discuss that and more here next. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. Following the truth, no matter where it leads. The Steve Day Show. No more sacrificing taste for healthiness because Built Bars will make sure you get both. Built.com is the only place you can go and get them. Built.com, B-U-I-L-T for Built Bar. Use my name as your promo code, Dace. When you check out, they give you 10% off the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. Every one of them, whether it's their regular line, their granola bars they've launched now, their Built Bar Puffs, All of them loaded with protein, all of them covered in real chocolate, packed with tremendous flavor. And if you want to try a tremendous flavor, get the brand new Brownie Batter Built Bar Puffs. They are absolutely incredible. You won't believe this thing's 150, 160, 140 calories or less. When you try any of these flavors, try them for yourself just to test me, see if I'm right. Or try them again and again and again and again because you already found out I am. When you go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, Built.com for Built Bar, promo code DACE, to get 10% off the greatest protein bar, Evs. Let's welcome back in Jill Savage, Blaze TV contributor for the conclusion of the Dace Group. Let's get to issue three. Is Pfizer the new Planned Parenthood? In the wake of the Supreme Court's impending, we think, decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, it'll be time soon enough to end the practice of baby killing on a state-by-state basis. But even as that evil fades, as Planned Parenthoods get boarded up another evil has already shown its face 
Big Pharma. In a recent piece at Conservative Review, Daniel Horowitz took a holistic view of the efficacy, or really lack thereof, of the COVID jabs as it stands currently. Portugal, despite being the most vaccinated large country in Europe, just last week had the highest COVID case rate in Europe and the second highest in the world behind Taiwan. Iceland, at 12.8 deaths per million, has a much higher death rate than America during the worst of the winter 2021 wave, despite having a high rate of those who have received booster shots. The same dynamic, Horowitz says, is playing out in Finland, Taiwan, Australia, and New Zealand, all countries barely affected by the pandemic until they got their third shots. That's just a drop in the bucket of what Horowitz wrote this week. Nonetheless, Pfizer announced they're set to start pushing the jab on kids under five years old starting very soon. And none of this is to say anything of the serious side effects the jab can cause, although rare is still much more prevalent than any quote-unquote normal vaccine. And all this went down with nary a hint of serious pushback from lawmakers and most of the population of the developed world. It's clear Pfizer and Big Pharma in general is at least setting itself up to be the new face of evil in the West. When you look at the adverse uh, vaccine adverse effects uh, database, VAERS, uh, we're over 20,000 deaths reported there. We're over 100,000 hospitalizations as an adverse side effect reported there. Now, there have been studies that have found that anywhere from 10 to 50 times an order of magnitude are adverse side effects there, underreported. Those studies tend to be several years old. Also, we're dealing with vaccines that didn't have the amount of publicity that these do. So, so let's say it's not 10 to 50 because of those factors. And let's say it's half of that. So it's, it's 5 to 25. When you also count the fact that the amount of people we're injecting is more than we ever have before, and, and now they're even admitting to you in their own documentation, in their own studies, like at the Lancet last month, they're admitting that after weeks or months, efficacy goes negative. So you'll have to get reboosted, rejabbed, who knows, maybe indefinitely. That's what has prompted this question. So is comparing Pfizer as the new Planned Parenthood, is that going too far? Jill, what do you think? Uh, well, with the left, it's never going too far. So the answer is no, it's not going too far. This is going to become their new religion. If Planned Parenthood is only going to be in blue states from now on, you look at it and you say, okay, the, the leftists are going to need something else to cling to, another vine to grab onto, and this is going to be it. And you have to believe their lies in both instances to believe that they're doing anything good, right? You look at, at Pfizer and you talk about the, the efficacy and they were saying it's 100% effective in adolescence. We now know that statistic is at 12%. Mm -hmm. That gap isn't even close, right? That's not a rounding error. Those are straight lies when you look at it and we see time and time again, right? Another boxer, a 38-year-old just went down on a live broadcast with a heart attack and died. We see the, the marathon runners that are in great health. They run marathons, guys. They, they are going down and, and having issues with myocarditis, heart inflammation, all of it. But I, I want to say that if you believe that they knew from the beginning, this video might be telling. There is on the CDC official YouTube page from February 24th, 2021. 
It is called a public service announcement of blood clots. I will share it on my on my Twitter feed, but there is a 30 second version and there is a one minute long version. And I would like to believe that that is just coincidence mm. that they put it out in February of 2021, or they knew it was going to be blood clot season and let's try and get ahead of this and tell people what to look for with blood clots in their bodies. Mm. The way they behaved with COVID prior to February of 2021 and the rollout of the jabs, makes all these kinds of questions at least worthwhile to ask. So, Todd, what do you think? Well, there's also news out of Israel uh, that uh, natural immunity is uh, increasingly difficult or impossible for those who have been vaccinated, which we've been talking about forever, which is also why we believe uh, Delta was worse, not because Delta was worse, but because you were weaker. Yes. So, listen, I... When Aaron and I, early on, and uh, I started work at about a year before Aaron, and early on in the show, one one way Aaron got to know, because we didn't talk about I knew I was an anti-vaxxer, didn't talk about it on uh, on the show uh, much, but he saw on, on uh, social media, on Twitter, the level of hate that would come for me on this. And they all used to use it. Well, don't, you don't believe, the irony is it, you don't believe in herd immunity. Back then, that's what they used to say to me. Now... I, I did. I just don't believe it like you guys do. Now trying to explain it to them, that you couldn't even bring it up. You were blocked, okay? Aaron found out just how strong the cult was back then, before COVID. It's not going away. This is the magical power of vaccines. And the Karen parents uh, that now exist and wrap their kids in all manner of bubbles, the, their version of wrapping their kids in bubbles is sticking a needle in their arm up to 70 times in their life and affecting their body chemistry that way. This is a cult. This is Pan Parenthood. And it was before COVID. Another way to compare the two, Aaron, is what's one of the leading adverse side effects of the, of the Pfizer jabs? It impacts the reproductive system. Yeah. Yeah. What did Planned Parenthood use to primarily profit off of? Um, the reproductive system. So maybe there's more in common here than you might first think. I don't think it's going too far at all. I think it's pretty accurate, actually. And I, I think I, more and more uh, virus analogies are starting to make sense when we're trying to make sense of a senselessly evil world. I think this is the next variant or mutation of, of, the, of evil, of, of systemic evil, at least in the West, or what's left of the West. Just like when a virus mutates, generally speaking, unless you have a leaky vaccine, generally speaking, a virus will get uh, more widespread and less strong over time, generally speaking. Um, I, I, think, I think Big Pharma, being the face of, of evil in the West, in America, I think that kind of rings true. It's more insidious because it is wider spread. There is wider acceptance. It's not, it, you're not really forced to, to think about, at least we haven't until the last year and a half or so. You haven't really been forced to think about, hey, uh, you know, what's the moral decision about plunging a needle into my arm? So it's a little bit more insidious as far as that goes, but it's a little bit more easy to, to defeat as well because at the end of the day, it's just a matter of saying no. Just a matter of saying no. 
Um, and I, I think, I think as well, when it comes to, to big pharma, specifically Pfizer as well, it has become abundantly obvious. What's driving them is not just profits. That would actually be comforting. With all of the all of the evil, all of the lives that they wrecked, yeah, you could hold terrible, failure against them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that it would actually be comforting if their only motive was profit. But seeing that video from a couple of years ago about uh, the uh, the notorious horse doctor Albert Bourla talking about, hey, an ingestible pill that can tell government when you've actually taken your meds, it's clear their motivation is not just money. They're all in on the transhumanist movement as well. And again. Uh, just got to be, it's got to be defeated. Can't just, you can't peacefully coexist with organizations like that. Let's get to the exit question. What is something nefarious that isn't official now that we will officially learn about Pfizer and the jab, say in the next six months? So by the end of the year, what do you think that might be? Who wants to go first? Hepatitis. Ah, that this is where the mysterious hepatitis wave has come from. Okay. Todd? I think we'll know specific names. It, like, Jill's right to point out the marathon, but we, like the, you you often do, how did Hank Aaron die, things like that. Right. I think we'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, big names, specific names that they died, and it was because of the vaccine. Yesterday we had our third Democrat elected official in the country hosp- suddenly hospitalized with a stroke or a blood clot. Yeah. Third, and just the last, See, I think it's week and a half. And when I say no, it's like there's all kinds of people like, who, what, where? No, it'll be like the most common knowledge there is that this happened because that's ultimately the test of an idol. This is, I mean, life versus death. Are you willing to put it down yet? Or is it still, even though this thing's killing people, you still get down on your knees and worship it? Hmm. What do you think, Jill? I'm going to say links to cancer. All these people are going out and getting their organic food and the jab and the insurance companies at some point can't ignore it. And they're, they're going to be losing so much money on it that they're going to have to identify the problem. That's a great point. Insurance companies. Insurance companies might be the last line of the defense. Mm -hmm. They might be that because they have to pay this out. And that and that is an obj- that's an objective data point mm-hmm. that just can't be obfuscated, and a, and a lot of them are publicly traded as well. So their books are transparent. I mean, they have to pay these things out. These events, either you can hide. I mean, f- very few people know a mortician or somebody that runs a funeral home, uh, a parlor. You can hide a lot of that stuff in obscurity. You cannot hide forever in obscurity the true insurance data. That and and that was the first official tip we got about this very early this year was 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 the first look at some of that insurance data remember the insurance executive indiana mm-hmm. started talking about this and there were a couple of other people as well that brings us to our kicker topic this week for issue four who do you trust in healthcare and medicine right now who do you trust who wants to take that one I'll on first go ahead this is where uh that classic uh, biblical notion of shibboleth come in i just I don't care what your profession is within the medical field. I come up to, did ivermectin work or not? You say yes, I trust you. If you say no, I don't. So that's your litmus test then? Yeah. You could try other things too, but I think ivermectin's as good as it gets on this. I like that one. Because then that puts the onus on them rather than you coming up with a name or an institution. You may like it, but also prepare for great disappointment. Oh, I... (laughs) 
think you should prepare quite a bit for great disappointment. Yes. What do you think, Jill? I'm with Todd. We're all going to be Todd from from here on out. We're all going to be thinking like him when it comes to our medical professionals, because there's no one group that I could say that I would trust. It's going to be on a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. It's it's asking that long line of questions like, do you believe this? Yes or no? Okay. And then you, you just go down the line. And if you get to the end, okay, you can be my doctor now. You remind me of a conversation that Daniel and I had a couple of weeks ago where we looked at each other and we were, this was a private conversation, but I'll relay it. And we're like, we both mutually came to the conclusion at the same time, we can't possibly believe this is the first time they've ever done this. So then that, then we got really uncomfortable because it would yeah. cause us to try to look at this the same way on virtually everything else they've thrown at us uh, from vaccines to technology. And that gets us into a really uncomfortable area of dialogue. Aaron, what about you? Myself and my wife. That's it. Your own research and the fact your wife's yep. a nurse? Yeah. So her ability to filter through BS? Yep. Okay. Let's get to predictions. Aaron, I'll go back to you. Uh, let's see. I believe that uh, by the end, uh, I'm sorry, I just forgot what I, my prediction was. Now I've remembered it. We have already reached the watershed or at least the the high water mark, I mean, of woke content in media, whether that's spring, streaming or broadcast uh, media, we will see a gradual decrease of of woke themes in content. Did you see the new uh, the, the the new Thor trailer that came out? Completely different, yeah, totally completely, different vibe. Uh, completely different yeah. vibe than the last one. Yep. I think we've seen the high water mark of this, and it will subside. Maybe not all the way, but it will subside. All right, from your lips to God's ears, Jill. Kids are going away for school for the summer now. By the time they return in the fall, they will actually have implemented some security measures, whether it be a security guard in school, a single point of entry, showing your ID, locked doors. This is the time that it's actually going to happen across the country. Okay. I've got to reset mine. Uh, Hope you're right about that, too. From last week. But based on what we've seen with the indifference of apparently police officers down in Texas, but what... We need. There's going to be sheriffs who go in and arrest people because of these drag shows or something like that, or these teachers we saw in the montage. For dep- there's laws on the books that cover it. Depraved indifference, whatever. It, it, if not, if not them, who? If not now, when? I hope all three of you are proven correct. All three of you have aspirational predictions that I all hope come true, and I have one as well. Although I don't intend it to be aspirational, it's just what I think is actually going to happen. My prediction is by the end of the year, Anthony Fauci will resign as the Republican takeover of Congress looms. He will resign in the hopes of essentially just Homer Simpsoning, Homer Simpsoning into the bushes uh, as a private citizen and getting out of the way of the coming accountability that will be coming his way. Because that's the one thing I do think. I don't think Republicans will fight Joe Biden because of who their leaders are, on any policy that matters. But this, because they need to give us something. They can't just go up there and John Boehner it for two years. They can't. That, and that's one thing Trump has helped us with. His presence won't allow them to get away with that. So they're going to give us this. They're going to give us, okay, Ron Johnson, Chip Roy, Rand Paul. You guys have the con. Provide the content for our base. And I think that's where Anthony Fauci exits stage left. Joe, good to see you as always. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, all right? You too, guys. Thanks. You bet. Take care. We'll come back. We've got one more hour to go with some Feedback Friday. We'll do that here next.
listening to Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. Is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Back with Hour 2 live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Only one more hour before we head out for a long Memorial Day weekend. And then you uh, get a three-day break from us as well. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show. Steve at SteveDace.com. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. That's D-E-A-C-E, by the way. Follow me on Twitter and get her at Steve Day Show. Get clips of the show at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And for those of you that listen via podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow if you have yet to do those things. We would appreciate you if you would and appreciate all of you that have. This portion of the show brought to you by Feedback Friday, that is. Brought to you by Patriot Mobile. I got this email from Lonnie this week. Had my cell phone account with AT&T for 22 years. But lately, they've been breaking commitments, screwing me when it comes to upgrades, increasing prices, removing loyalty, bundle discounts, etc. It's almost like they wanted me to leave. So yesterday, I was their huckleberry and made the switch to Patriot Mobile. So far, so good. And I'm going to save about 60 bucks a month between my two lines. So uh, just another satisfied customer who made the switch like our family did last fall. From Big Mobile to Patriot Mobile so that we're, first of all, not supporting somebody directly who hates us if we can avoid it. But then secondly, getting all the same great service and a lot of times for a cheaper rate by going through Patriot Mobile with their outstanding customer service team. They'll make your switch as seamless as it gets. And you can find out that for yourself right now. Call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or go over to patriotmobile.com slash steve. And when you do, let them know if you're a first responder. They'll say thank you for your service and offer you even uh, more discounts. For the rest of us, though, they'll hook you up with a free activation with the offer code Steve when you make the switch today at patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. All right, gentlemen, you ready for some Feedback Friday? Always. Let's begin with Joe Scott. He wants to know which of the following two scenarios would cause more damage to Lord Nefarious's goal of organizing the kingdoms of the earth under one global government rule. Number one, overwhelming evidence is discovered and revealed publicly that the entire COVID episode was a contrived plot of the, China, of the Chinese Communist Party in cooperation with worldwide businesses and political leaders to harm world economies, but with the least harmed economy being China. This disclosure compels multiple countries to seek Financial damages to join together, basically, and aligning against the CCP and seeking uh, seeking damages. Or number two, so he is saying that basically that revelation would spur this the the opening salvos of this kind of a global coalition together. Or number two, overwhelming dis- evidence is discovered and revealed publicly that the Patriot Patriot Act is the contrived tool of the political class to methodically transform the U.S. government into an oligarchy intent on replacing the Constitution. And this disclosure causes the repeal of the Patriot Act and a fundamental restructuring of the Department of Justice, FBI, and CIA. Okay? So, what would cause the demonic 
seeking of a return of the Tower of Babel or like an end times level event as, as, as he's describing, what would cause be the most damage to that cause? One, the isolation of China or two, the revitalization of the United States. Basically, that's what he's asking. What do you guys think it is? Well, I think it's the latter. The revitalization of the United States. Yes. Okay. Assuming you're, I, I'm, I'm not sure that you're, and I'm not making light of it, but the, 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 the MacGuffin of the Patriot Act, does the thread go that far? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't know. But I don't know what I don't know. All right, forget what the MacGuffin is, and yeah. let's go. Let's just go with the outcome. Yeah. Okay. Then it's, which which outcome would be more damaging: isolating China or revitalizing the U.S.? Revitalizing the U.S. without question. Without question. Yes. Okay. What do you think, Aaron? I think it's revitalizing the U.S. So far as the definition of revitalizing mean, you know, means going back to the roots that this country was founded upon. And I agree that it would be the latter. And here's here's why I would give that answer and see if you guys agree or disagree. Because the first time the U.S. created a system and institutions around serving and defending and protecting the will of the people, it inspired like-minded change throughout the rest of the West and then the world. So who's to say it wouldn't have the same potential to do so a second time around, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas actually, I think the former scenario could create your global coalition. They're all on the same side, basically against a unified mm-hmm. foe, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think that could actually be the, the... The United Nations turned out so well. Yes, I think that could be the galvanization of your mm-hmm. of your global government fear. Interesting question. Greg Mitchell says, first, never doubt I love your show and do feel you are as compelling in your arguments as Rush ever was. Well, first of all, that's an incredible compliment. Okay, but thank you. I also have I also understand that you have no I no desire to be our Aragorn. But your point that you are trying to give the power back to us confuses me at times. Because isn't isn't eventually someone required to step into the void and be the leader? Like for example, I thank God that Ron DeSantis decided to be an Aragorn. I don't understand what you mean when you say you want no leaders. I don't I don't mean that. I mean I want I want you to be the leaders. The Constitution begins with the phrase, we the people, in order to form the more perfect union. A government, as Abraham Lincoln said in his most famous work, of the people, by the people, and for the people. Notice the order of those statements, by the way. So, of the people, of. So, the essence of the government. The essence of it. it the, the, the DNA of it. Like your children are of you, right? We are of God, made in his image. We carry his image. Our children are of are in a in a not a Mago day, but in a parental way, they are our image bearers. They carry our mark. Okay. The government of that's its DNA, that's its essence, the people. The will of the people. So of the people. So a government whose essence and DNA is of the very people it represents. 
And it's the people that are therefore consenting to its governance, to its power. By the people is the next line, Lincoln says. So the, 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 the human resource, the personnel, now we put a name and a face on that essence. And the name and the face is our neighbor or someone who could be our neighbor, someone we can relate to, one of us. And then when those two objectives are met, now we have a government that is for the people. I think the order of those statements is very important. Because I don't think you could start with the statement, a government for the people. You don't start there. That's the result of having a government that is of the people and by the people. We want leaders in the way that the Bible defines a term called headship. When the Bible says that the husband or the father is the head of the home, when it when it when it says that Christ is the head of the church what does that mean in our human mind we receive headship as a statement of authority it is not simply a statement of authority and taking it that way is how we end up creating tyrants. It is a statement of responsibility. Christ demonstrated his headship of the church by the following. While we were his enemies, he smited us. Oh, no, that's not what it says? No? While we were his enemies, he slayed us. I get it wrong again? Yeah. Well, let me quote the Gospel of Matthew, Nancy. I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. While we were his enemies, what's the next sentence? He loved us. Yeah, Christ died for us. Meaning that he took the responsibility of the sins of his people upon himself. He bore that weight himself. He carried that cross himself. And it's by the rightful and righteous performance and achievement of his authority that now, or I'm sorry, of his responsibility, that now all authority has been granted unto him under heaven. Because it is completed. It is accomplished. It is finished. What is completed, accomplished, finished? The wrath of God has been satisfied. Did you satisfy God's wrath, Todd? I did not. How about you, Aaron? Satisfied God's wrath recently? No? Neither did I. Only one can satisfy the wrath of God, and that is his son. So it is the fulfillment of that responsibility that now grants Christ that authority. Similarly, for us as men in the home, it is not because I said so and I'm bigger, tougher, and stronger than anybody else in the home, so do what I say, or I can yell louder than everybody else. 
it is because I've accepted the responsibility of your care, of providing for you. I work. I put food on the table of protecting and defending you. I defend your honor. I protect you against those who would harm you. As leader, as guide, I give counsel, I give wisdom, I impart life experience. Through those acts of responsibility, through the fulfillment of those responsibilities, now I am acknowledged because I have earned that. I've earned that authority. I now have, I am now authority. My family now yields to me. Not because I coerce them, not because I intimidate them. I lived in a home that was like that, so I know what it looks like. But because they know that I love them fiercely. And I have built with them by the fulfillment of my responsibilities. I have built a level of trust, or shall I say, faith, that they now have in me as the head of their home. Simple explanation of this is one of the opening scenes of It's a Wonderful Life. And the druggist has just lost his son to the Spanish flu and he gets the cable. And he's, Mr. Gowry is just beside himself, despondent, and has too much to drink. And a woman calls for her prescription to be filled and he's so drunk he can't see the labels and he fills it with rat poison instead. And young George Bailey recognizes that this is a problem and he doesn't know what to do because Mr. Gowry's drunk off his skis and he looks up on the wall and there's a sign there. You know what the sign says? It says, ask dad. He knows. (laughs) That's what it says. Ask dad. He knows. Now that sign could have said that. And if George Bailey's father had not fulfilled his responsibilities as the head of that home, would George have run out of Mr. Gowrie's pharmacy to go get his dad's advice? Probably not. Because he had, he did. Because he had fulfilled his responsibility. It was now granted to him and acknowledged to him his authority. See, we want it the other way around. Or we often want authority without the responsibility. Ron DeSantis' authority comes from the fulfillment of his responsibilities. Were we talking like this about Ron DeSantis during his 2018 election campaign? No. No, we barely even knew who he was. We started talking about him like this when we saw what? The fulfillment of his responsibilities. We saw him fulfilling his responsibilities. And what is his number one responsibility? Fulfilling the will of the people, so help me God, that I swore an oath to uphold and defend their constitution. As their elected representative, I am responsible. I am responsible. When Disney wants to poison the minds of their children, I am responsible. When the federal government wants to poison their bodies, I am responsible. He has accepted the responsibility. And to me, that is more than discipline or messaging. The biggest difference between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump is Trump looks to not accept responsibility. Let me outsource the COVID thing to Mike. I'm a coward, Pence. I give a great foreign policy speech, then outsource it to my Secretary of State, who then undermines it for the next six months. 
over and over again. You read Scott Atlas's book, it, it, I mean, Trump is a passive character. Just waiting for things to happen to him, hold up, and literally a victim, like a kept man. His own staff keeps things from him, and he doesn't like exercise intellectual curiosity or inclination to demand otherwise. Because that, inqu- that would require accepting all this responsibility. Authority comes to the one who says, I want that smoke. I'll take it. Like Jimmy Chitwood, I'll make it. That's who the authority goes to. The one who accepts the responsibility, not the one who fails to fulfill it. DeSantis is, your, is an Aragorn, not because he's a part of a bloodline in a fictional story. But even in that story, even in that story, when Elrond comes to Aragorn, remember, Elrond begins skeptical of Aragorn, as any father, good father is of a son-in-law. He begins skeptical of an Aragorn. Aragorn is estranged from Elrond at the beginning. They are separated. When is it that Elrond, the father-in-law, comes to Aragorn and gives him the sword of his birthright and says, become the king you were born to be? When? When he's out being a ranger, doing individual acts of goodness as a vigilante, but hiding and cowering from the eye of Sauron? Is that when Elrond brings him the sword, Todd? It is not. When does Elrond bring him the sword? When he's already fulfilled the responsibility. He's become the leader. He has freed King Theoden from Wormtongue and Saruman. He has helped the hobbits and the Fellowship of the Ring. He's fulfilled his responsibilities, meaning he has demonstrated that he is now the authority. He is no longer the ranger. He is the king. That's why the, that's why the book and the movie is called The Return of the King and not The Return of the Ranger. It is not about authority. It is about responsibility. Let me give you an example as I go off on a total sermon here on my own personal life that just happened this week. So I'll pick on myself. Comes up the other day in our home. My wife is like, hey, did you get that uh, honorarium check deposited for North Carolina? And I don't remember an honorarium check from North Carolina. In fact, I don't even remember seeing one. I mean, I knew I was owed one, and it's also not, you know, it's a little bit more than 10 or 15 bucks. But no, I don't remember at all. She's like, well, I put it in your bag, and you're going to head to, you know, make sure you got it to your accountant so we could get it through taxes and everything else and then get our disbursement. So I just hadn't seen it. We've It's been two weeks since we got back from North Carolina. I was wondering if you had given it to your accountant. I instantly get defensive because I don't remember getting this check. I don't remember ever seeing this check. And I know I hadn't given it to our accountant. So I instantly get, I instantly get defensive. Now, I'm not, because it wasn't my fault. You didn't give it to me. I didn't lose it. Right away, I don't want to accept what? Responsibility. Responsibility. And for the first time in quite a while in our home, my wife got really defensive and defiant with me. And why did she do that? Why? Why did she suddenly not recognize me as the head of the home 
because I, because I had lost my authority by way of not fulfilling my what? You apparently didn't act your duties at the head of the home. That's right. I wasn't responsible. So therefore, she didn't respect my authority because I was acting irresponsibly. She was in the right. We even go looking through the trash because I just changed briefcases. Maybe I inadvertently threw it away. I was prepared to go back to the people that booked me and said, I hate to do this, guys, but can you cancel the previous check and write me a new one? And I thought, you know what? Just on the outside shot, let me email, let me text my accountant and see if I did give it to him. I did. Actually, it turns out I did give it to him. I just completely forgotten. Now, I could have actually texted the accountant right away before I had a reaction and gotten that answer, right? But I didn't do that, did I? No. No, I got defensive, right? Yeah. Not my fault that we lost a fairly substantial honorarium check. It's this woman you gave me, you know, the one who handles all my other money perfectly fine. So you apparently just blew the blew her wad on this one and blew it. So again, this is, I don't, I, it's not my fault. So I had to go back to her and do what? It's my fault. <laughs> That's what I had to do. Totally my fault. It was my fault from the beginning anyway. Because ultimately it's not your honorarium check, it's mine. So it was always going to be my fault. It's my responsibility. And then slowly but surely, after I demonstrated a sincerity to, re, to resume fulfilling my responsibilities, now my wife slowly but surely begins to resume acknowledging my authority. We want it the other way around. And that's why we blow it, Greg, with our politicians. They don't have authority because they have titles. They should have titles because we believe they will fulfill their responsibilities and thus are worthy of that authority. Am I droning on here? Does anybody want to comment on this? Oh, I'm inspired. I, I would make your point this way. Listen, most of what you think are leaders, uh, and this this might be the case some to some extent on the left, but it's certainly the extent on the right. Most of you think the definition of a leader, and I say this with all this respect to the letter writer, but I just fundamentally believe this is true. You think a leader is somebody who will do the work that you just don't want to be bothered to do yourself. You got stuff to do. You got all kinds of excuses. It's got to get done. And you make things, oh, I hate politics and things like that. I mean, I, it, it, it's, it's just, it's just so messy. Yeah. I have these beliefs and you just keep expecting somebody else to do it. This is make, this is Steve's point. If you believed otherwise, you know, this is what I, why I've go to school board meetings, why I actually put my name in the head for school board meeting. You, you've, you've got, this is what also, uh, the one criticism that's very good. If you, uh, you, you should be an umpire or an official of some kind. If you're going to sit in the stands and criticize. You need to be a citizen. If you think it's always somebody else's problem, or somebody's responsibility, if that, and I, if we were really honest with each other, that's exactly what you would call a leader. Somebody who will do the job. And, and look at how we've professionalized so much of our lives. Your average man in the past, from dawn until dusk, knew how to, you know, Wait, feed feed the uh, and Aaron grew up on knowing this and this is why he's far more talented than Steve and I. What could you do? Slaughter, slaughter pigs, you know, change the oil, fi mm -hmm. you know, fix the machinery, do mm -hmm. all this stuff like now. 
Now everything is specialized, and you think this is special. This is the this is the last. This can never be specialized. God, God, we all enjoy the fact that other people can do things that we can't, and it, it makes things uh, go uh, efficiently. All, all fine, but you can never ever do that to this republic, and that's what you did. It's already already somebody else's job, and because that's the case, you get the worst possible candidates for that job. Preach. That is very, very well said. I, th- I think think what most people's definition of leader is, is somebody like a superhero, a Batman, a super, uh, so- somebody who has superhuman abilities. A rescuer. A rescuer. Yeah. Somebody who uh, uh, fits the definition of uh, the song, uh, I Need a Hero, or whatever the name of that song is. Um, that's not what it is. That's not what a leader is. Um, we, in this system of government, we are the leaders. Think of it in a business sense. Steve hires me to do a specific job. I fail to do that job. Whose fault is it that I failed? Who, who does it reflect upon when I fail to do my job? Reflects badly upon me, but also reflects badly upon him. Mm-hmm. But yet, who's the leader in this relationship in the context of our of our work it's not me it's him that's what that that in our system of government it always reflects back on us that's what steve means i believe when he's talking about leadership that we are the ones who take matters into our own hands take responsibility into our own hands and not just shirk off and say uh, okay, it's time for Batman to come save the... No, 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 no. I voted for Batman, uh, and now I can go back to being the silent majority. Um, <laughs> right. 20, yeah. 20 years later, yeah. crap, uh, there's a guy, a half-naked guy dancing for my kindergartner. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah, it's a great point, both of you guys. Yeah, I think the, I think we loved the term silent majority for so many years. Because we liked being affirmed for being silent. Yeah. 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 Nicole says, do you really think that the strings attached to government money won't follow that government money into private charter and homeschools with education reform? Speaking as a mom who homeschools her three kids, I advocate property taxes for schools being only for people with kids in the school. As for the federal side, we should be just getting rid of the Department of Education. Honestly, I think public schools should join the dodo bird in extinction. If parents could just keep their money instead of giving it to the government to be given back, we homeschoolers would all be better off. And all the critical race theory uh, and sexuality education would stay out of the private and charter schools. Just the opinion of a God-fearing mom trying to save her kids from the state indoctrination. So, Nicole, I, I wanted to share your note because I, I know a lot of people feel this way, including some a lot of people in my own state, which is why we didn't have the votes this year to get education reform passed, which would had the child taking the funding with them at the building level, whatever building they went to, home, state, charter, private, the the funding went with them. And even though Republicans, I think there's 62 Republicans in a 100-seat state house, we got it passed in the Senate. We couldn't get it passed in the House because there were several rural Republicans and homeschooling Republicans who said what you said. So this is why I wanted to tackle this really quick because I, I don't understand this argument at all. Neither do I. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but I, I just don't get it. Number one, governments, I thought we all agreed governments don't have any money. When did governments get money? Does anybody know when governments got money? 
the, the, the governments don't have money. Everything they have they are they, is a confiscation. Governments only confiscate. They don't create. So governments don't have money. That's number one. N- number two, you still are going to pay taxes, Nicole. Even if we got rid of the Department of Education, which anybody here, anybody here against getting rid of the Department no, no. of Education? Okay, no. cool. So even if we got rid of that, though, did we get rid of the IRS? No. No? So you're still going to do what? Pay taxes. And if you paid in more than, you're owed, than you were owed, you're still going to get what back from the state? A reimbursement. Okay? So you're still paying taxes. Even if we got rid of the Department of Education tomorrow, you're still going to pay taxes. There is, it, we're not creating a new system of exchange of currency between you and the government. That system already exists. We would just be adding a layer to it that's beneficial to you. We're going to give you back more of your money and put you more in control of it. Because it was your money to begin with. I, I, I really don't understand this argument. I heard this when I was in Oklahoma last year. They had the same issue with homeschoolers and rural communities making the same arguments there. Same thing we heard in Iowa this year. I don't understand this argument, and I'm trying to. I, I am. You're my people, I, but I don't get it. A, governments don't have any money. B, if the government decides to, to, to behave as if it does and puts strings on it, then just don't take part. Opt out. And you've lost nothing that you didn't already have anyway, right? Then you lost nothing. Like you opted out to be a homeschooler in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then C, you're still going to pay taxes anyway. Anyway. So that, that transaction is still going to occur. That system is still going to be there anyway. Why not get more of your own money back? Especially when your kids are at stake. Again, if, someone, if I'm missing something, keep emailing me because I don't understand this argument. I mean, I really don't get it. And I'm trying to. The truth, straight, no chaser. Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. that the world may know this is steve dace you know with father's day coming up if you're looking for some cool blaze media swag which none of us i think are wearing today in fact it looks like we're all wearing the same shirts we were wearing yesterday so apparently we didn't we all sleep in these yeah we clothes. didn't bathe we just slept here i don't think that's such a reach <laughs> Well, if you you have to reach very far if you want to get some of the Blaze Media swag you've seen us wear on the show or maybe some of the other hosts here on the network as well. And if you use our name, Dace10, at the checkout, you'll get 10% off. When you go to shop.blazemedia.com, that's shop.blazemedia.com, look at the huge selection of stuff there, including stuff that's specific to our show, at shop.blazemedia.com, and then use Dace10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. 10% 10% off your order with Days 10 at shop.blazemedia.com. Let's continue on with some feedback Friday. Todd, I know you wanted to yes. respond to uh, our note from Nicole on why she is skeptical of education reform. Yeah, just like earlier when we were talking about what a leader is, you know, what a citizen is, what what's a government? I think we're having, this is the same conversation. You're, you're worried about... Uh, 
too, too much government, but there is going to be government and conservatives for a long time, uh, small government, just leave me alone. That kind of thing. Listen, that we didn't fight a revolution to not have a government. And actually, even back then, we went too far in one direction with the Articles of Confederation. The Constitution, we actually realized we needed more, better government. But that's the key. Better. Subsidiarity. What is it supposed to do? No more and no less. And I know everybody's getting tired and frustrated on our side of the fence, but it's not good enough to just stay stay out of our lives. You like your you like sewers, right? You like paved roads. That's government. Schools are government. It's it you constantly need to be vigilant even in the best of times because you're a citizen. So yeah, listen, even if we weren't worried about drag queens, should you be worried as you say about government overreach? Yes, in the halcyon days of America. Yes, you should have been worried because you're a citizen and you know people have feet of clay. Everybody, rich, poor, whatever. So I, we have to recalibrate as conservatives on that front. We get lazy just thinking that I, I just want no government. No, you don't. You don't want that either. Fight for what it is supposed to be. If we want to get rid of schools, uh, not schools of education, um, departments of education, absolutely. But don't just wish it away. Do the things that are necessary to do as a citizen to make it happen. And this, I think, is a huge step to getting you to the point that you want to get to. I don't think you can go from right. a baseline of total government control to none in one fell swoop. This is an opportunity to reestablish the the idea that you are in control of your child's education. And this is the state acknowledging that by giving you your your money back that was yours all along. All right, this is going to be a sensitive note, but I want to see if we can give this guy some encouragement heading into a long weekend, okay? This is from Chris in Kansas City, and he writes, April 3rd marked the third anniversary of the death of our second-born son, Logan. Not a day goes by that my wife and I don't think about him. Logan was diagnosed with a rare condition called trisomy 18, I think that's how it's pronounced, and was given a very narrow window for success in this world. I can remember walking into the hospital on our 20-week appointment to meet our son for the first time on a sonogram. What was supposed to be a wonderful event was turned on its head with, within less than 30 minutes. We were given very little encouraging news. The doctor left the room, referred us to a specialist, and told us to take as much time as we needed before exiting the exam room and turning off the hallway lights. My wife was looking at me for some sort of stability with many emotions, hoping I could provide some reassurance and make the situation better. There was... Nothing I could say or do to fix this. I was helpless and never felt more broken than I did in that hospital room. Sometime later, after we had collected ourselves, we opened the door to walk down the dark hallway and made our way home. We gave our son every opportunity we could. We sought the best medical care. I would have sold my business home. I'd have done anything for him. But Logan passed away from this world to the next at 34 weeks. Fast forward to our third anniversary of his passing, and I had to tell my wife from the first sight of the news break to stay off social media because I knew what would follow and would definitely make an already difficult day harder. As a member of our church's security team, I was confronted with having to prepare for potential confrontations or and protesters at our church. Do I focus on the sanctuary, put more attention to the children in Sunday school, etc.? Thankfully, service proceeded without incident, and we hopefully didn't have to deal, or hopefully don't have to deal with any of these altercations in the future either. The entire time I was on duty during service, I couldn't stop thinking about various things. But the one thing that became really and constant was, when is a soul formed? 
There are references to souls being eternal, that God knew you in the womb, etc. I would be interested in your group's take on this topic because ultimately that's the most important part for us and the only part of my son I'll ever be able to hold again the next time I hope to see him. So that is from Chris in Kansas City. And of course, Chris references um, what David says. Um, in my mother's womb, you knew me. What Jeremiah says, that you you knit me, you made me in my mother's womb. And the idea, I think, it, I think I saw today, and I've not seen the clip, I just saw the headline from it. But there is a headline today of um, Joe Scarborough, former Republican congressman from Florida who you know, used to talk about his admiration and friendship with Billy Graham and is now married to Mika, um, talking about how babies in the womb are, 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 are not yet, are, are pre-born, but not yet alive. And that just runs counter to biblical teaching. A soul doesn't magically arrive eight inches down a birth canal. You're made in the image of God from the moment of conception. Now, you're not fully developed in the image of God at the moment of conception. But that, that being from the moment of conception is made to be an immortal being. And after its body has expired, it will live forever. Its soul, either in heaven, in eternal communion with its Lord and Savior and Creator, or separated from him forever in hell. And that is the reason, and there's there's been a lot, there's a lot of different Christian traditions on this, but that's is one of the things that, frankly, drove the Catholic Church before Protestants head on into the abortion in the into the abortion debate. This idea of executing these children with souls in the womb before they can reach absolution for their sins, right? That was one of the original mm-hmm. things that drove your church into this debate. When when does a child know that it's a sinner? Can it know? So therefore, should it be baptized at birth? Um, is it later on with an age of accountability? But the idea that that your son Logan doesn't have eternal significance to God until he emerges from your wife's womb, brother. And I, I just want to reassure you, and you know, you've cited the, a couple of the verses yourself, but I know it's good to hear it from other people. That's just simply not true. Your son Logan had eternal significance in the eyes of God from the moment that he was conceived. Do you guys want to comment on this at all? Uh, as a Catholic, I think you, I know it's distracting, confusing, irritating for uh, a lot of uh, non-Catholic Christians. But I, I, I think you just ultimately are pointing in the direction of why Catholics have uh, such a strong Marian devotion she's the god bearer she gave birth to god uh in in the in the form of jesus but 
Jesus is fully God and fully man. From the beginning. That, and there was all manner of heresy that Steve and Aaron know full well about throughout history about, you know, how much God and how much man or all man and all God and all of that. Both all at the same time from the beginning. If you believe that about your Lord and Savior and that he rose from the dead and conquered death, I let your soul rest on this one, brother. All right, he's... This is taken care of. And if it's like my second daughter, Tessa, uh, when she was born, uh, the midwife showed us the umbilical cord and it had a branch. And she said this was likely a vanish, what is called, I'd never heard the term before, a vanishing twin. A, 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 and and the, the child expired so early mm-hmm. that you would have never known and it happened for any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, there were no complications. No one said anything to us uh, before that. Uh, so I, I may have another son or daughter in heaven. I, I, I don't know. I, and w- what just being shown in a bill accord is an entirely different thing that we're, you're coming uh, to us with, brother. But you're, as a Christian man, already believe amazing miraculous things if your faith is in that do not waste a single worry about this brother it is take it if i may borrow from the lord himself it is finished Hmm. aaron in some strange way isn't the fact that they're demonically inspired ideologies like the abortion ideology is so interested in extinguishing that life in the womb in some way, in a strange perverted way, isn't that de facto confirmation of its eternal value? Absolutely. Otherwise, the enemy wouldn't be that interested in discarding it or marring or, or smiting it, right? Yeah. No. I, to, uh, to quote Jimbo Fisher in this very, very serious conversation, my daddy told me when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. And that's kind of a version of what I think what you're saying is, yeah, um, when when that baby is conceived, it is neither sperm nor egg. It's something completely and totally different. Um, And it changes forever. If it's just a clump of cells, we're all just a clump of cells as well. Really? What's the difference? Right. Just more of them. yeah, Yeah, just more of them. So... I can't really say anything better than what Todd said. Mm. Um, just, it's heavy. It's heavy, but, um, but yeah, that's that's really a human, and that was really, uh, really your son, um, and you will you will see him someday again. Jason Rowland writes, with all this abortion talk with Roe, it it's made me reflect on my sister a lot. She got pregnant on a weekend trip with a guy who we all knew and actually liked and respected. She was in her 30s, so this isn't typical. My dad told me about it and said just to pray for her because she was having a hard time with it. So we all did. She finally told me about it in person on my birthday. Even as a believer, the choice of abortion had crossed her mind. Thankfully, her faith went out and she gave birth to a beautiful boy. While she was pregnant, she had planned to have the kid and shut out the dad. The dad wanted to be there. He did everything you could possibly do, and he loved my sister, but 
she was kind of being her millennial independent self. <laughs> Spoken like a big brother um, or a little brother. Well, we prayed about that too. They got married last May and they have another new daughter now. Uh, that could have been a very short story had she not initially relied on her faith. God answered prayers all over the place and the blessings from that have overflowed in our family to this day. God is real. He answers prayer. He gives us and he has given us in Jesus more than we ever deserve. We just need to be obedient and do what he says. That last word, obedient, it keeps things, it, it, the situations are hard, but it keeps things simple. The solution's simple. Yeah. Unlike with what we just talked about, Aaron's point about the clump of cells thing is so true. We, we're we all just clumps of cells. So the people of reason and science, hey, I'm with you. We, As Christians, we can say that. Right, mm-hmm. we're, we're all we understand the science of all that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the person who says that who actually brings new bizarre religion to the table. Then, so what is, why does that clump of cells have no meaning, and yours individually have such meaning that there's no gender, there's no any, there's only they bring magic to it. We actually, being as Christians, bring far more science to the table. Mm. That is an excellent observation. And all I can add to it is we've been having a variation of this argument for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. We've been having a variation of this argument since Cain and Abel. Yep. And I mean, that's just, it's, it's taken on different forms and different iterations. Um, you know, it's, there's always a it, new it's, Gnosticism it, yeah, around the corner. Exactly. It's stars of David and serial numbers in some eras it's um, uh, dark colored skin in other eras. It's um, uh, uh, half wits uh, and retards as they would have been called in previous eras, right? I mean, there's, there's, always, there's always a propensity for somewhere within human society to maim and mar whomever we are comfortable with determining is the other. And that's just our sinful nature, nature re-racking itself and mm-hmm. re-establishing itself. And it's just a, and that's abortion is just in our modern era's version of this. And the more and more it goes away, you can already see what the new version of this is. Are you, can, are the new version of this will be, it's already happening. Hey, not jabbed. Your kid can't get a kidney transplant. Not jabbed, you can't get a heart transplant. Not jabbed, hey, we won't take you to, see, you can't see this specialist. That will be, that'll be the next thing. It'll be, this will be, it'll be done through, the, and that's what's already happening. As, as abortion, which won't completely go away after Roe is overturned, but clearly is, is in the process of being exited to some degree, stage left, right? Mm-hmm. You can see the new player is emerging on the stage. So, right, right, so we come out of the 60s and the civil rights movements, and those battles are won, and then we get in the 70s, and bam, here's Roe, okay? So the guy, the Klansman in the White Hood exits stage left, and and now, um, you know, there is, we have the Planned Parenthood logo. It, it takes center stage. Planned Parenthood's about to exit stage left to some degree. I mean, like, the Klan didn't completely go away, but, like, no one proudly acknowledges that anymore. And soon, no one outside of very deep blue states will proudly acknowledge a Planned Parenthood heritage either. But everyone will, the new thing will be, we're all Pfizer, we're all Moderna, we're all for health. And that'll be the new thing. And if you're not, then you can be excluded because you're now the other. 
So we're we to wage this fight in some form until Jesus returns. Just a matter of what form the enemy takes. Have a great weekend. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for subscribers. For the rest of you, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.